0: You know it's coming oh yeah Always hot and fresh just for you My Cold Sports VIPs We're gonna award those who really acted bad But we're not gonna give them the Dolt of the Month though No, 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 no We're gonna give them the don't of the Quota Uncompromising Hard-hitting Inspirational Cold Sports presents Conversations Welcome to Cold Sports Conversations I am Cole Johnson and I am so glad you're able to join us He's a boxer He's a screenwriter He's a filmmaker He's an actor. He is all those things and then some. Join us in this journey as we get to know the man behind all of those titles, Dino Wells. It's an honor to call him a good friend of mine and you'll get to know why because this is our conversation.
1: Thank you very much Thank you for having me on It's a pleasure to be here And it's a pleasure to be on your show
0: Ah, well The pleasure's all My friend
1: Now, I- I've
0: read up on your story And you are from Chicago Am I Am
1: I correct? Yep Chicago, Illinois Born on the, on the south side 1970
0: <laughs> 70s baby Oh, okay 70s baby Alright Alright So, uh, describe how Chicago is for you uh, How was it growing up on the south side? Uh, because for me uh, I've only known of three things: uh, common coming from there, the White Sox, and uh, tough, tough urban
1: conditions. So, how was it for you? Well, from birth to six years old, or six and a half-ish it was okay because I was with my mom. I mean, I, being on the South Side, you know, I went to elementary school there, but I didn't. I wasn't fully raised there until my late teens. So, from my experience from the late teens, it was rough. You know the neighborhoods was already deteriorating slowly, but it still had shopping centers there. They still had clothing stores. They still had you know baby daycares. It was still a nice functioning city, but the gangs were and the drugs that was filtering through the neighborhood was just like rough. You could you could see the start of something bad. And now today. As traveling back to Chicago, the neighborhoods is down, written businesses are closed. The strip malls are most empty. It's just like crazy. The houses are boarded like a third world country. Some sometimes in some parts of the of the South Side.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and I, I hear a lot of negativity in terms of the whole scenes of the violence there. And I've always wanted to talk to someone Who actually was in Chicago Or is in Chicago And and the people that live there now say Yeah, it's overblown And judging by what I'm hearing you saying is, Yeah, it's rough, but it's these two But I'm hearing that that also is overblown uh, Your thoughts Your thoughts on how people perceive Chicago And the violence that goes on there now
1: Violence in Chicago that's going on now It's been going on since the, eight, the late 80s, early 90s It's been going on just Normal it's like normal everyday living but since the internet came around the internet has kind of blown overblown and over first it was overshadowed in Chicago it was, LA was getting attention New York, Baltimore those cities were getting a lot of attention because of the media and the, the violent stats and things and such forth and then all of a sudden an influx of violence. Which always was going on Somehow, I guess Chicago I don't know what, wh- why or whatever But now Chicago is now is on the front run of, Known as Chirac now All of a sudden, you know And that stuff has been going on For decades, you know what I mean Like why now put all the publicity on Chicago Like they did L.A. and all those other cities So I just think, I don't know if it's, it's Bad for tourism, because you know Chicago gets a lot of tourists come to the You know, Navy Pier And the downtown area and you know, where the Comiskey Park and all those places like that. So, you know, it's a very prestigious city, just like all the other cities, you know. But the violence, stats, violence has been going on since the 90s. So my take is, I don't know, the media just blows it. It's, I don't know why they put more emphasis on the violence when they can instead of putting on the en- emphasis on a solution fr- to the violence. You know, what I mean, fully. fully. and I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with you on that. Uh, I know I was talking on and on and on, but I just I just wish I can do something about that. You know, I'm I sorry for talk cutting you know, y'all. I want to open a gym in Chicago. I met some people and put to do a gym called Rebellious Boxing, and I was so amped up to do this. Although I don't know, I don't know if it's going to still happen because you know things are up in the air right now. But I really want to open a gym on the south side of Chicago. You know, found the area location and everything. The, the location wasn't to their like. So, um, I, I believe the location was, um, I don't know I guess it wasn't to the liking I don't I don't remember the whole a- aspects behind it but at the same time I want to open up the gym and I still want to do something to this for the South side for the youth because when I was out there I was doing you know silliness I was running the streets doing stupidity I, I did negativity and That was easy to fall into that that statistic of um, you know or oh, black man without a father does that these knows I had a father but my father was into drugs and living this his life wasn't a positive role model in my life that's why i want to be a positive role model to my children so I know i'm babbling on again so.
0: <laughs> no 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 you're passionate wow. you're passionate and I, and I figured that when i would talk to you about this i figured that your passion would bubble to the surface in in terms of actually describing what you want to do because we've talked off air and and many of the things you've said to me is what you just said now and and that makes me happy that you want to do something To make a difference That That is what I love to hear So Now Dino is not your birth name So how would you get your name
1: Dino My mom um, when she was pregnant with me I guess she used to watch the Flintstones A lot and Dino and that bark Dino does I used to kick a lot all the time When Dino used to bark <laughs> uh, I used to kick in my mom's stomach and my auntie, or I think my auntie who passed away, or my grandmother—I don't remember which one of them gave me the nickname Dino. That's a little Dino, and it stuck with me since I've been born. And then my other nickname is Dini Man, but I don't ever use that. My grandfather gave me that one.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get into boxing?
1: Well, when I was young, my mom dated this guy And he had these boxing gloves I was uh, autographed with uh, Sugar Ray Robinson's, um autograph was on it And it was, the gloves were real big and I was just five years old And I couldn't really, my arms couldn't stay it It was just like flopping around or whatever But he was working me with the gloves and stuff And I was interested in it my mom I guess broke up with him and I still had the gloves with me. And I always look at the gloves, come play with him or whatever. And then I end up watching boxing on TV, seeing Sugar Ray Robinson. I remember the name that was on the gloves and I watched Sugar Ray Robinson. You know, his highlight fights I should say. Looking at highlight fights and things from his past and watching discovering uh Sugar Ray Robinson and, and about boxing. So, um later on, years later, you know, Sugar Ray Robinson passed away and I want to pay homage to his career. So, uh to get off the streets and doing all that negativity stuff that was going on, I just decided to go in the gym and, and use I, negative energy and try to turn it into a positive, and and to be the best at what I do at boxing. And, and of course, I was a I was an unsung best.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, when did you turn professional? Uh, 2012. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a interesting answer.
1: 15-year hiatus from uh, when I stopped fighting in 1996 and turned pro at 42, just because I didn't want to, you know, though I, I did a lot, I accomplished a lot and I didn't accomplish a lot and as an amateur, you know, I wanted to go to the 96 Olympics, I didn't get just to make that, I lost four championships, you know, and you don't remember the runner-up as a boxer, you don't remember the runner-ups, so... You know, that's why I feel like They didn't have the internet back in the days When I was boxing So a lot of the footage or pictures I had a lot of pictures and stuff from my boxing days But it burned in a house fire So But it's just My career I felt that I needed to do something at 42 Because my life was in a lull And I wanted to get back in the box See if I had it from what I had back in the days And that's how When the Bell Rings came to life
0: Wow, it's never it's it's never, uh, it's never every day that you hear someone actually become a professional boxer at age forty two. So, wow, kudos to you to actually want to do that at such an it well, for sports terms, such an advanced age. Mm-hmm. All right, so, uh in in your amateur days, who who has been your toughest opponent, uh, or uh, should I rephrase this? Uh, uh, who were some big-name opponents you had when you were in the amateur ranks and went on, and they went on to, uh, and did, did things professional?
1: Only one right now that the main one that's on my list, uh, I could say, was Antonio Tarvis, the first person that beat me as an amateur back in 91. And um, then, you know, he's a five-time world champion now, so and he's trying to get a fight now, actually. I would like to see him fight uh, Bello or the dude from... Um, from Alabama uh, What's his name Deontay Wilder I would like to see him Fight both One of them two You know But um Nobody's not gonna Give him a fight And with me You know uh, Turning pro And fighting I wanna fight Sheldon Joy Is another one Sheldon Joy Is another guy That I fought But he didn't turn pro But he was a tough guy I lost to him twice I felt I beat him twice I fought Onward Shana He turned pro He won some smaller builds Um I, I, I can't even. So, so a couple of Mexican cats, I don't remember their names, you know. I fought, let I me mean, 13, and then I fought a lot of bums, like guys who was on the rise, and I just ended their career, stopped their career because of my style, my, my boxing style was beast. I, my slickness, fat, my quickness, my jab, my right hand, I I, I was a dominant amateur fighter.
0: Hmm. hmm. So to that end, um, hmm. What would you call your your dominant punch, uh, the the go to punch? Like with uh, Joe Frazier, his was the left
1: hook. Uh, what is your what is your quote left hook? My dominant punch my straight right hand, but my left hook I had a dangerous hook. You know, I had a dangerous hook when I, especially when I put my one two combination one two I, I either step back when I know because I know you're going to throw a punch at me and I know that right your right hand is coming so I just step like this I lean over the side or if you're a southpaw your other, your straight left is going to come I'm just going to step to the side and throw my fire my right hand especially if you're a southpaw you're going to come my right hand is going to go straight down the pipe and pop you you know I used to love doing that I, I used to love that fight with Antonio I was great because I love fighting southpaws and Antonio was a beast he, he's the only the first person to and the only person, the amateur, with a body shot. So, you know, with that hook, he he have a mean hook. That hook he had, when you talk about hooks, he had a mean hook back
0: yeah. in the day. Yeah, he yeah <laughs> he did. He does. Yeah. And I and, and you, you took a question I was going to ask. So I was like, would you prefer battling soft paws or or right handed fighters? And it's funny that you actually you actually answered this question in in ways that I've heard very few do because normally the 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 perception is You don't want to mess With a left-hander But You
1: you prefer it and I, Why do you? I, I prefer it because it's, it's a challenge for one They fight in opposite of me And then it challenges My brain as a fighter Because I am a defensive fighter to, to stay away from his dominance You know what I mean? And then it take his dominance Away from him Because when I fight Anybody Especially a softball It's fun It's fun to me My pro fight to dude was a softball And I had fun with him You know what I mean? I just love a lot of people. You're right. A lot of people say, man, I don't fight softball, It's difficult. I can fight softball myself. Even when I spar around these younger Bucks, when I do get in there, I mix up mix up orthodox and I switch to softball. And I said, man, this softball position is it's nice. It's slick. It's, it's sneaky, especially if you fight somebody who's not used to fighting a softball. You can destroy him in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah, yeah. And one of the fighters I loved. Uh, Marvis Marvin Hagler. The the thing I loved about him was he could he could box both ways. But the funny thing is, he was considered more lethal as a saw and and that was what I loved about him. You know that he had he could he could damage you either style. But he but when he went southpaw on you, it was difficult to do anything with him. And I loved that about him. I loved I loved that he was just difficult to to mount any type of offense on. So <laughs> yes, yeah, it's it's cool when I hear bat boxers who actually want to do orthodox and southpaw. I I, <laughs> I I love
1: that. All right, so, lear- oh sorry no 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 go ahead go ahead go ahead. I just learned southpaw actually as as a pro within this last few. Amateur I never fought southpaw, turned softball at all. My train Butch Butch didn't like me doing that. He said stay one style and dominate that one style. You know what I mean? And I did. But then but well, as an adult. I start learning because i like, man, pause injuries. I like fighting on them. I'm going to try softball. Another reason why I, is because my arm got shot in my left arm. And my arm, I can't extend it out all the way anymore like I, like I used to. Over the years now, after I got shot, I fought. I couldn't stand I popped a jab and everything. But as I got older now, I'm a grown man. I'm 46. But well, actually, in, in, it started around 37. My arm, just like this. I can't straighten it out all the way. It's just like... It's you know a jab is a is a puncher's first punch. You got a jab to keep the bursting off of you. You know what I mean. Right. So I, my jab is is not. I can't give a full extension. So I had to step longer into the jab, which will mm-hmm. hold me at fault because I can I can get caught with an overhand shot. That's why I keep tucked in when I do the jab with this foot. That's why I like to fight southpaw because mm-hmm. I can extend my jab all the way out with right hand. So I can pop you. Only thing is my straight left. It's not gonna be a full state extended straight straight left about um you know throw the straight left like you know a south. But I'm still gonna pop you if you're in range, you know what I mean? Or I had to step into it, and I don't wanna put myself out there like that. Although I have my skill has a little bit diminished. I am aware that I'm not 25, 24, 23, so I can't do all the elusiveness that I used to do, but I can still move around and get away from some punches.
0: Mm. Wow! Now that uh, I can listen, to you talk about that for uh, for hours. Uh, just just the, the the psychology of I love that. I, I love that, and and it to, it makes total sense when you describe the damage to your left arm. That that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right. So you mentioned Sugar Ray Robinson. How big of an influence was he uh, to you in terms of boxing and How big of an influence is he still today, now that you are a professional?
1: uh, That's a very emotional question, too, because when my mom's boyfriend gave me those gloves and Sugar Ray Robinson, he put those things in my hand, and I'm hitting his hand and things, and then I did my research later on in my life, watching them in the library, watching uh, VHS tapes of Sugar Ray Robinson, Um, Butch Give me a bunch of old tapes And he had a bunch of tapes Of Sugar Ray Robinson Watching these tapes Of Sugar Ray Robinson And watching his style And his resilience And how he move And ring And how he avoided punches And how he Oh his hooks It just I was like He just watching And then how he was Outside the ring He was like the Mayweather Of that time You know what I mean He what he did outside the ring and what he did in New York and had a whole strip box you know, clothing stores and he had everything. He just had wrong people in his he had wrong people in his corner that took his money and you know, he was nothing, you know, he got to I ain't gonna say he's nothing, he's a legend, but about financially he took a big hit. But he was still you know, the people's champ. He was still Sugar Ray Robinson and then When he passed away I had to pay homage To his career Because he meant So much to me Coming up Just watching his Videos Of him Watching his matches You know And his life And how he perceived Like I said He was a Mayweather Without the arrogance Of that time
0: Right Right And uh, When I When I look back To films of, of Sugar Ray Robin uh, I'm amazed At how much Punching power He had with both hands And he could actually Lay you out Either hand Mm-hmm. And I've heard many. You're, you're just in a, a long line of the next people of boxers that have said, "Yeah, just how he moved in the ring, how he attacked, how he was difficult to hit him. He he just is. He just was one of the greatest To ever. Lace him up. So it, it's cool to me when I heard when I heard that you actually wanted to pay homage. I'm like, yeah, that is great because I'm I'm a huge Sugar Ray Robinson fan because because of what you just said. What you said I, I mean I appreciate that So You don't live in Chicago now Am I correct? No I don't Okay uh, Where do you live now? I live in Alabama yeah. In a un, In a In a disclosed city In Alabama <laughs> Okay Alabama But no city Okay No problem, problem. Uh, You At one time Moved to New Orleans So uh, How was that for you?
1: Moving to New Orleans I about Per the documentary Or When I was a kid
0: Um No per the documentary Well I, I go well, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll save that question For later So you said that You moved out As a kid So where did you go there From there
1: To uh, New Orleans To New Orleans On the West Bank Actually Lived in Harvey Westville Bridge City This all in the West suburbs On the West Bank Of New Orleans And You know That co- coming up Through the slums of Bridge City, the projects, living with my grandma in a nice neighborhood, Claiborne Garden. Shout out to everybody in Claiborne Garden. Um, Going to high school there and then leave there, going to Alabama, living in Ufala, Alabama, and then leaving Ufala, Alabama. I went back to Chicago and I bounced back from Alabama, Ufala, Alabama, and then uh, Chicago, and then California, living life three years in California, four years in California, and then back to New Orleans. And the reason why I came back to New Orleans to be to to be a father in my son's life, you know, I, I want to be in my son's life because, you know, I, I was young. I wanted my dad when I was a kid, and I want to be in my other son's life, who lived in Georgia, who now I have custody of, you know. So everything I knew, going back to New Orleans, going focal point on changing my changing everything, the relationships, the disarray relationships with, except one of them. But you know, that's that's why I knew New Orleans was going to be that catalyst, that point. To to reconstruct my journey And it's where I'm at today Still reconstructing
0: Right, right And that dovetails right into your documentary Which, it's a brilliant one by the way Uh, Look Those who need to Have any question as to Wanting to pursue What you want out of life I recommend highly watching When the Bell Rings It is a wonderful documentary So what was the what was the motivation behind that documentary, and how has it done since you released it to the public?
1: The Motivation for when the bell rings was getting back in shape because I was out of shape. I was like two hundred and fifty fifty pounds when I started that process, and then just being a sh- feeling like black sheep of the family. I had a lot of things going against me at the time, not having not no finances, no work, no anything, and getting with Film Independent, working at the Spirit Awards, meeting Brad Boris, one of the PAs, I was a production assistant on the Spirit Awards, and meeting Brad Boris, and I'm tired, I'm a PA, now when I was younger, I was a PA as well, and I used to move around, jumping around, getting off trucks, doing what I had to do as a PA, but... This time, I'm high, like, I can't jump off the truck no more as fast as I used to. And I'm like, man, this is. I need to get back in a boxer. I know that's going to get me back in shape. I need to get back. You know, I just had a lot of stuff, and I'm talking to Brad about it. Brad was like, you know, you used to be a boxer? I'm going to shoot your life story if you um, find a gym, because I just kept telling telling about my story, and I said, So once we finished with the Spirit Awards, we finished with this other festival, uh, went gym hunting. That was kind of went rough. I was in the lowest and lowest of my life. I just, I was at pound for pound Boston gym trying to get there. it. It's kind of expensive for me to train there. So I was just in a little funk. And one of the trainers at that gym saw my Facebook post I put up and, you know, because I was sad talking video or whatever. And he introduced me to a trainer out in Highland Park, and That's where my boxing career, my comeback started, right there at that um Sweet Science Boxing Gym in Highland Park and that's where the whole Win the Bell Rings journey started Brad filming it taking it all the way to New Orleans and to my pro debut and how it's doing afterwards now you know we we released at a film festival we won our first award in 2014 and Metal World Peace came on in 2015 with something creative and gave us a fine distribution where you can find Win the Bell Wings Rin the Bell Rings excuse me on iTunes Amazon Amazon a prime vimeo on demand um any video platforms when the bell rings will be there wow
0: so yeah go go further with that um how how was the journey from the beginning to the end of filming that documentary for you how how was it for you was it uh hard was it imagining uh was it uh, was it fulfilling? Was it a combination of those things?
1: Was it all those things? Is a is a is a melting pot of all of it. You know, emotional struggles, financial struggles, indecisions, um, all that. It was. I had a lot of. Don't know if I was going to even finish. We don't know if we was going to finish the documentary. Didn't know if it was going to get a fight trying to get, one of my others, the son I have custody of now, Deshaun, I was trying to get him in a documentary, his mom they wanted want to deal with trials and tribulations, trying to get medicals so I can get the fight, didn't get my first fight, got into depression, um, getting in shape was great, getting a tip that I felt the best of my life, you know, the, the must of the pain my body went through, I, I pushed through it, you know, because I said, I'm not going to give up, and at once... I felt like giving up one time, and I just thinking about thinking about the journey. I was like, you know what? I can't give up because I have these kids, and I don't want my kids to sh- say, "Okay, he did something he didn't finish." You know, like the relationships with their moms. I we're in a relationship with their moms, but we didn't finish. We didn't stay in to the end. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I felt like I gave up. You know what I mean? Which I didn't. But this this whole process, I, it's like it was oh, daunting. <laughs> <laughs> but it was since it was satisfying because I, I I finished the documentary. I made my my goal weight, and now the masses can see the documentary, see my life story, which will can can hopefully open doors for opportunities of all the other talents that I have.
0: Wow. Well, I I, I believe it will. I believe it will for you. And speaking of other, not only are you a boxer and and a poet. <laughs> uh, you also are an actor. So what movies and T V shows have you appeared in?
1: Um first T V movie I was on was called Mama Flores Family. I was a featured extra, um, alongside Blair Underwood. It was a one experience. Um, the next one I was in was Scream Two, which I was I my my first extra robe. I was way in the background on a few scenes and that really made me sense made me want to do more of it. And I was like, This is cool. So I was on a few other tv shows commercials then i took a little lull trying to get my life together work finance wise then prison break was another turnaround for me where i was a featured featured extra again called uh turner uh was the right hand man the trumpet and that opened doors up for me working on a lot of stuff into the production assistant world also glory road was another one i was an extra in and a production assistant which like i said glory road opened up my production assistant where I, work, where I worked on a bunch of movies and T-shows as a big... And that was a wonderful experience meeting all the directors and, you know, film people just being on sales like being in college every day, just learning the nuances of... the said the terminology being on being in a production office listening to the producers and listening to the ups and downs and the highs and lows and all the things that's going on with it it was just like it was a wonderful experience and I enjoyed the whole process of being in this film business working on uh Dark Knight that's another one Dark Knight one and then uh currently I had my first speaking role in a major motion picture coming out this October called same kind of different as me I play a character named Turner I mean excuse me uh, I play a character named mister. In in that I play a homeless guy And I have a scene With Greg Kinnear And Renee Zellweger Which people say That scene is going to Help open up doors To my career As well Because it was a very Emotional scene Wow Well hey uh,
0: We're going to be Looking forward to that uh, October 10th, That's enough <laughs> <laughs> Alright so Not only with your boss Or uh, our PA, uh, Production assistant And actor You also are a screenwriter As well So Tell me more about some of the projects that that you're doing in that regard.
1: Um, well, since I since When the Bell Rings out there, and people, hundreds of people, has been inspired by When the Bell Rings, and they and they said they they want to know more about my life. They want to know about my life story. You know, they said, do I have a book? And I was like, you know, I, I have a ghost writer on it. They said, do you have a movie about your life? I'm like, no, Hmm, a movie about my life. So I was like, you know what? I might as well just write my life story. So I did. It's in two parts, though. I was like, write my whole entire life story With all the drama and things that went on in my life I can't fit all that in 120 pages So I said, you know, I'm going to cut this in two parts So I have part one, a fraction of my life Part one, and a fraction of my life Part two, which is the life Day and the life of Dina Wells And it's a very compelling story And it goes days more It digs deeper into my life Pre-When the Bell Rings From birth until You know, however I'm going to end Because I'm writing part two right now my other projects, I write, I have no words at all, which is a feature of, about social issues. The siblings trying to find justice for the murder of their father. It's a period piece. Uh, I have sci-fi projects. I have drama, suspense, thriller. Shout out to, uh, old boy, who, uh, Jordan for Get Out, you know, for 30 million. For dirt. Wow. Took yeah. $4 me to shoot that. I'm like, wow, the Get Out was awesome. You know, Jordan Peele, beast. You know what I mean? I, I, had to, I had to give it to him, you know, and I'm like, well, I want to do the same thing? I have so many projects. I have a domestic vinyl project called a project called uh, Rome Becomes Me, and I have a TV pilot that I'm writing right now called Gnarly Fields. It's, it's a it's a it's a piece that's actually close to me. Me, and my girlfriend, or excuse me, my fiance slash wife is. Uh, Writing this this round this this pilot. actually the pilot is done. I'm writing the second episode. I'm writing the first six episodes myself, and then I want to bring on writers and you know hopefully we can get the money behind it and film it and get it to Netflix or something or or a cable network. We need a showrunner. You know we need to find a showrunner. I got a hot TV pilot about a pastor. Uh, it's about a, a deceased pastor, uh, a, a dark deceased pastor. That um, has a dark past And everybody trying to keep his past quiet. Cause they, You know what I'm saying Everybody trying to keep his quiet past Dang he's, whew, I'm, I'm so happy The strip is, is it's off the chain Because it deals with uh, all type of When it say gnarly field, It deals with um, the church life It deals with police life, uh, Street life And it deals with loss prevention All these fields are gnarly In this, in this sense
0: mm.
1: So I'm hearing I'm
0: hearing the passion already from this. What do you like about screenwriting?
1: I can dig into it. I can dig into the characters, dig into the substance of the story, and just bring move a story along. Um, just the passion is just telling a story that people could say, "Hey, that's a good story." All garbage. I don't want to see that ever again. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just want to write. And make stories. The whole process of putting a character together, and I put some of me in one thing of me in one of those characters in all my scripts. You know, something of my character, myself, or something that I went through in my past, I put into one of those characters. And it's just building the story, the whole story arc from beginning to end. I love it.
0: Hmm. It's it's evident that you do, and we can we can feel it. I think I feel it over here. All right, now going back to When the Bell Rings, how did you meet up with uh, Meta World Peace?
1: I personally didn't meet up with Meta World Peace. The, something creative, the uh, distribution company that came on, uh, were trying to get a name attached to When the Bell Rings. There were some other names being thrown around. They were busy. So they shot the documentary and went Meta's hand, and Meta came on. He enjoyed the story. And he has a company himself. himself. So I, I felt this was, they felt that this is the best thing under his company to start with. You know, to put his company out there and he's been on, he did the Provisory campaign for about four months and, you know, he's Metal World Peace on here. You know, that I, I met him during, in 2015 during the L.A. premiere. It was a wonderful experience. Medium shook his hand, met, met some of the basketball players out there, and it was a outstanding, an outstanding premiere. And I got honored by the WBC at that premiere to be world champion. It was wonderful. Wow. Wow. Man, man. So,
0: out of all the products that you have uh, in the pot, uh, which is the one that you feel is going to be the one that you're going to go with next? Um,
1: I want to tell you the truth. I'm a story. I want to film my life story. A um, fresh in my life part one, but I believe gnarly feels the TV pilot will be good. As well. People keep telling me, Oh, don't worry about this. It's hard to get to do it. It's hard. When people tell me something is hard, that makes me want to just even push harder to get it done. Cause like it, it cause it can't be done. Like it can be done if you put just put your energy behind it and people behind it that believe in you and it can be, get done. You know, if you say that, then you don't believe in me. You know, so I feel gnarly feels my TV pilot, my story will be the ones. It was it was originally no words at all, but it seemed like what's going on today and what Nate went through with uh, birth of a nation. They don't need we don't they don't need nothing like no, no words at all right now. So I was like, I might as well just focus on. Um my life story and my TV pilot, although no, no words at all. We'll hit him with that real soon, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you we've talked about that off air, and I was thinking, I was thinking you was gonna go with that because I know you were passionate and still are passionate about that, and I agree with you. I think, uh, it, it, at some point in time, you probably have to release that for sure, no question now part of uh the energy and synergy of when the bell rings was the pattern of the protagonist you uh wanting to bond with your son so how is
1: the relationship with on now desmond and i we're awesome he's still in he's still in louisiana we talk from time to time via phone pl- playstation so we play matting together from time to time right now I'm not playing matting with him until he gets his grades right you know because they focus on your grades not no video games so we're not planning now but our relationship is wonderful and Deshaun my other son who was in the documentary for like 3.10 seconds <laughs> uh, which I think I have custody of him and, and and raising him right now, that's kind of that's the challenging part because he, we live, we see each other 24 hours a day well, out of the day, we of school and all that we, we, he's under me all the time so we, we it's a a chess, a, a, I guess a tug of war between him and I because he has certain views of life because he was raised with his mom to kind of man him up to be a, a, a strong, solid young man and lead some of those ways that he had to live with his mom and get that out the way
0: Yeah, and that could be hard. Uh, that definitely could be hard. But uh, the one thing I love about what you're doing is you're proving that it is necessary for uh, it's necessary for a father to be in a son's life, and that can never be stressed enough. So I'm, I'm glad that you actually are at sons' life, sons plural. Uh, I'm so I, I'm so happy that you are. Um, so so going back to your boxing you're a professional now you said you're getting back into shape uh what are you looking to do in terms of a
1: career there i'm i'm like it's like a yo-yo with me um you know yo-yo i'm up and down i'm up and down with it you know sometimes like my wife my family that i do talk to say i'm stupid for getting back like you did what you did you had to fight you got your career going you got your writing you got your acting just focus on that but i am a fighter i fought in the ring i like competition just like the fight that just happened the other day watching thurman and garcia go at it that this inspired me more i'm looking at that like wow they, they're that was a good fight as well you know but um fighting i want to fight I want to fight again. I would like to fight the guy that won the bell ring. I want to fight him again. We've been talking about it, but we don't have no promoters, you know. And if somebody seriously offers, to put us on a card, give me twelve weeks, and I'll be at a and I and I'll fight, and I'll dominate, and I'll win. I'll be I will be more focused now than I was when I was in the bell when I did win the bell rings. I'll I'll probably knock them out because of my uh, my style, my hunger, my skills. My skill is not that diminished. You know, I, I'm smart. I know if my body say do something. You know, my body is not going to let me do something. I know to walk away from it. Look, Roy Jones is still doing it. And he's almost 50, if he's not 50 already. You know, still doing his thing. You know, um, Tara, he's still doing his thing, trying to get a fight. <laughs> Shout out to him. You know, so I like the boss. If somebody offer me something, I, I'll do it. But I, I had to give me, had to give me a camp. But my main goal is getting these movies out there and, and inspiring people with, with my life, with my stories that are the stories that I plus, you know, when the bell rings as well.
0: Yeah, I, I really do believe your platform is about to open up in in, in the in the movie arena. I really do believe that uh, that and, and, uh, I, and just with the passion you're talking about with your, your TV pilot, I think that may have a they may have a life, too man i could I could talk with you all day, but uh unfortunately I had to wrap this up so do you, do you have any party shots to anyone or any words of wisdom like you haven't dropped any already uh, <laughs> uh for for the
1: people i want i want to give a shout out to my wonderful wife trish jackson wales um my so she's the one that Keeps me going, pushes me forward through the through the hard times. Keep my head, keep keeping my head up. Keep me staring in the right direction. You know, we go through our trying times, but still, she's the number one. She's my queen. She's the one sitting next to me. I want to give another shout out to you. Thank you for having me on your show. Uh, wonderful conversation. You wonderful guy. You know, I, I want to give utmost respect to you, Chris Ripka, my my entire family. Shout out to the South Side of Chicago. Get get it together, guys. Chicago period in general. Nicole Snedeker. Alright. And you can find me on if you want to look, for when the Bell ring, Your demand platforms, everybody. Um you can find me on go to this about me slash Dina Wells. You can find all my um all my URLs there or it's my URLs.com slash Dina Wells. All my URLs are right there. And YouTube, my I have a podcast. You know, I'm about to be interviewing you on my podcast too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I I, I I knew when I went through the scroll of what you do, I knew I was going to forget something, and I did. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, boxer, screenwriter, soon to be uh, producer, uh, actor, and poet, and th- podcast host (laughs) Dino the Lethal Weapon well I'm sorry the Lethal Warrior (laughs) right 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 Wells, Dino always is a pleasure to talk to you and man I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart man thank you so much
1: appreciate you as well Many thanks to
0: Dino Wells. It's an honor just to listen to all the things that he's gone through and what he's willing to pass along to us all. Continued success and many blessings go to Mr. Wells. And we will be definitely waiting for all the other opportunities that come up for him. If you happen to like this episode or any episode of this brand you've heard thus far, a regular show, a special or an interview. Why don't you come follow me on Twitter at Cole underscore sports. That's sports with a Z. You can also come follow me on Facebook. Cole sports again sports with a Z. Make your presence felt. Make your voice heard. Come on down to the Cole sports VIP room. in groups. We're in Facebook sports with a Z. My Canadian friends. I got you sports with a Z. You can also follow this brand on many social media platforms galore. Stitcher. SoundCloud, Google Play, Google Plus, iTunes, YouTube, Pinterest, Instagram, Acast, TuneIn, Blueberry, like, share, rate, review, subscribe. Thank you so much for sharing any and all of these episodes. I totally appreciate it. More importantly, follow this brand on ColdSports.com. That's ColdSports.com. You can check out this episode and any previous episode you've heard on ColdSports.com. With the Dot com No matter where you hear this No matter how you hear it The most important thing is I want you to Enjoy The content For the Intelligent Sportsman I am Cole Johnson bringing you sports On another level And this is yet another Cole Sports Presentation of Conversations. And as always, keep the conversation going. You've been listening to Cole Sports with Cole Johnson.